0: Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozo.smtx.com. Well, thank you, Joel. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I love being a part of the team here at Sozo, and I just love the diversity and variety of people we have here. Don't look around too much, but you're one of those, and we're a diverse bunch here. Today, I want to talk to you about someone named Grace. Who all knows someone named Grace? Okay, I'm going to introduce you to Grace, maybe a different Grace than you know, but you know, in in the Eastern tradition of Christianity, Grace is defined like this. Grace is the uncreated energies of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. The uncreated energies of the Holy Spirit. What what the the Eastern tradition, the Orthodox tradition does is they, they give grace, they give the Holy Spirit a name. And so you see the two kind of interchangeable, Holy Spirit, grace, grace, Holy Spirit. And so today I want to give the Holy Spirit a name. Okay, And that name is grace. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit in our time together. Um, how many of you know that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, when the Spirit of God is spoken of, it's over half of the time it's in the feminine? Did you, anybody know that? Okay, That's why grace is probably a good name for uh, the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the word is ruach. Can you say that with me? Ruach. Sounds German, doesn't it? It's not, it's Hebrew. Okay, and that's the breath of God. It kind of feels like the breath of God or the spittle of God if you're somebody who's next to you. In the New Testament, in the Greek, the word is charis. Everybody say, charis. Anybody know anybody named charis? Yes, yes. Charis means Grace. Okay, And so that's kind of what we're going to be working with today, the whole idea of the grace of God and the Holy Spirit. In fact, there are traditions that uh, talk about the relationship with the Holy Spirit in multiple ways, and that's kind of what we'll talk about today. So my question for you today really is this, what kind of relationship do you have with grace? What's your relationship like with the Holy Spirit? You know, I grew up in a tradition where we had father, son, and Holy Bible. Okay, Holy Spirit was not really even on the radar. Can I tell you the the Holy Spirit is part of the, the Holy Trinity? It's God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, three in one. And so, what does that relationship look like? Are you on speaking terms with the Holy Holy Spirit? Huh? Do you, do you do you have conversation together? Are you are you do you have a close relationship? Do you have a friendship? Is your relationship distant with grace? Is your relationship strained with grace? Doesn't something happen whenever you kind of put, you personify it and make it a real, like a human term. How many of you know that God is a person? God in three persons. And he wants a personal relationship with us. He's not a human, but part of the very nature of God is relational and so why do I ask this? Well, let me ask you, are you even in a relationship with grace? Because that's the starting point. Are you communicating regularly? Are you cultivating that relationship? Joel was talking about his relationship with, with uh, Lauren and, and how it, it's cultivated through communication. You know, I woke up this morning and uh, it was dark and it was, and that's how I felt when I woke up this morning. And uh, I wish my wife would have picked me up and, and taken me out of the room. But but I woke up this morning and 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 it was dark and it was a little bit chilled and thunder boom was going and and it was sprinkling and I was thinking, man, I wanted to get out and just walk and just kind of be with the Lord this morning and. I just felt this urge. And I just began to say, good, good morning, Father. Good, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Why don't we try that? You want to try that? Yeah. Let's, let's, just, talk, let's just begin communicating with the Lord. Good good morning, Father. Good good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. This morning, I receive you, Father. I receive you, Jesus. I receive you, grace. I receive all that you want to say to me this morning. I just want to walk with you, Lord. I want to walk in agreement and oneness and union and relationship with you because you're so good. You're so good. Come on, church. You're so good, Lord. So good. Truth is, Lord, if you don't come through, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. We were designed to be so connected to you. So, Lord, connect our hearts. Rewire whatever's a little out of whack today. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. I won't even say amen because we're going to keep going. You know? I think sometimes we just got to slow down a little bit and just have a little conversation. Just speak our heart to the Lord, right? And so this morning, I, I want you to, as we talk about this, I want you to remember that grace by definition, is the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit that enables you and I to be who God has uniquely created us to be and to do what he has uniquely called us to do. And apart from the grace of God, apart from the Spirit of God, we're not gonna make it. So that's, that's just some thoughts here. Joel, Joel said that our... our Kind of the theme of this series, better. Uh, he talked about that a little bit. It's Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it's better that I go. Because if I go, then I can release, I can bring, I can release the Holy Spirit to be with you. I want us to look at that passage just a little bit this morning. If you have your copy of the scripture, turn with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And I want us to just look, I want us to start out with. Uh, verse 7 and 8. And you know what? I might need my glasses. Did I bring those with me? Are they over there? This this is going to be better for all of us, I promise. You want to use yours, Kenny? Kenny, yours look like yours are broken. They're in two parts there. There right, you go. All right. This is just final hours right before Jesus goes to the cross. Listen to what he says. He says, very truly, I tell you, it is good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove to the world, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Let's stop for a second. Okay, this is just hours for the cross. Jesus is saying, listen, things are getting ready to change radically. The whole, everything you know about doing life is getting ready to change because I'm going to, when I go, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to be with you. And he says, here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to be your helper, or may I say, should say, she's going to be your helper, you realize there's no pronoun that works because God's otherly, right? It's just the feminine, masculine nature of God. El Shaddai, the uh, feminine nature of God that nurtures and cares for us and helps us, that's what the Holy Spirit does. But he's still God, three in one. And so he says, uh, he says, listen, there's three things that the Holy Spirit's gonna sort out for you. Three things that the world has gotten wrong, Okay? What are they? He says, the first one is sin. The world's botched up the idea of sin. The second thing is righteousness. The world has the wrong concept of righteousness. And he says, the third thing is this whole issue of judgment. Some of you go, well, I'm pretty good at judging. Well, it's a little different than you might think. Listen to what he says here. In verse nine, we'll continue reading. He says, About sin because people do not believe in me. This is Jesus speaking. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you will see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, okay, so in regard to sin, here's the issue you don't know God, you don't know what God's like, you don't understand who God is. And Jesus is saying, and particularly, you don't know me and you don't believe in me. Who's he talking to? He's talking to all of the people who are listening to him, the disciples, just before he will go to the cross. He's talking about humanity in general. He says, the the world doesn't understand the goodness of God, the kindness of God, that they have a loving father and they don't understand who I am. You know, Jesus Jesus came to planet Earth to show us what God is really, really like. You know, man has all kind of ideas. Religious institutions of this day, of our day, have all kind of ideas, but the scripture says that Jesus is the exact representation of God. He's exactly what God is like. And so Jesus says, the real problem, if you read the passage there, he says, is that... They do not believe in me. saying the real problem is the sin of unbelief, okay? Until our eyes are open and we can see who Jesus really is, we will not believe. He says that's, that's what grace does. It begins to open our, our eyes up. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to begin, she's going to begin. The Holy Spirit's going to begin to show us. Grace is going to come and open our eyes Um, Good catch, Steve. What about righteousness? He says, not only do you not know who God is, you don't know who you are. Righteousness, you might see in some versions, justice. And that's true. But Jesus, or Paul says this in in, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, he says, do you not really understand that you're the righteousness of God in Christ? It's about our identity. It's about our new covenant identity. It's about who we will become when Holy Spirit comes. Jesus says, everything's gonna shift because you will become the righteousness of God. You'll represent me everywhere you go and the world needs to figure that out. The third thing he says is, what about judgment? He says, well, don't judge each other because the real issue is the accuser has already been judged. He says, "Judgment is for the prince of this world." Let me reread that passage again. He says, "He says, and about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned." You know, I think. You know what I think Jesus is saying? When the Holy Spirit comes, when the Holy Spirit unveils truth that I'm giving to you, and will reflect back to me, you're going to get it. That. Judging one another is futile because you understand who you are and and you understand what's happened to the devil that he's met his at the cross and you begin to share that good news of new identity, of the reality of who God is and judgment should be obliterated from the people of God. Would you agree? So the Holy Spirit's gonna come and reveal all these things. Now, let's go to the next verse here. The next verse says, verse 12, I love this. Jesus says, I have much more to say to you. He's talking to his disciples here. Again, just right before he goes to the cross, he says, more than you can bear. You know, I was reading that, and you know what I heard the Holy Spirit say to me? He said, ask him a question. Ask him this question. Will our, be the, will our generation be the one who can bear the things of the Holy Spirit? Will we be the ones who can receive what Jesus wanted to give the disciples, but they couldn't bear it. They couldn't, they couldn't take it. They couldn't take it in. They didn't even have the capacity yet to do that. He says, will you be the generation? Will we be the generation? Will we be the people who have eyes to see ears to hear, and the capacity to bear all the Holy Spirit wants to give us. That's awesome. That was awesome, wasn't it? That is awesome. It's what Jesus was saying. And he was saying, listen, I want to pour out more than you want to receive. I want to pour out more than you will allow me to pour out. These guys, are they've been with him for three and a half years. And they're still sorting it out because they're so full of Jewish way of thinking of uh, over a thousand years of tradition. And Jesus is saying, listen, it's all going to come down to this way of the kingdom of God. Okay, we're going to keep moving. I thought that was really good. Thank, Thank you, Steve. That's good. All right. So, three dimensions of relationship with grace. Three dimensions... Of relationship with the Holy Spirit. There are more I could talk about. I don't know if I'll have time to talk about three, but we're going to start and try. You know, we're going to talk about a relationship of the Holy Spirit with us, the Holy Spirit in us, and the Holy Spirit upon us. Now, there there are The Methodist tradition, John Wesley would have had understanding. He would have talked about these relationships with the Holy Spirit like this. He would have said, when the Holy Spirit is with you, that's prevenient grace. So the same idea of the Holy Spirit and grace. He said, whenever you receive that grace, when you become aware, when you become awakened, he said, you take that in, that's justifying grace. And then he says, when that grace flows out of you and you receive the power of the Holy Spirit upon you, in you, through you, that is sanctifying grace, okay? Just just wanted to use the word grace, Holy Spirit a little bit to to, to help you understand that. Now, what what am I talking about when I say the Holy Spirit with you? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's, let's look over in uh, John 14, uh, 16 and 17. John 14, 16 and 17. Jesus says this. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, another helper to help you and will be, and be with you forever. Holy Spirit's not going anywhere. The spirit of truth The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you, my disciples, you know him. For he lives with you and he will be in you. And when Jesus says these words, he's not yet gone to the cross. He's talking to uh, his disciples who've been faithful. He says, I want you to understand the Holy Spirit has been with you because the spirit of Jesus has been with them. Okay? Okay? And he says, but there's gonna come a time when the Holy Spirit will be in you, okay? So what does, that, what does that look like for the Holy Spirit to be with us? It's when the Holy Spirit makes us aware of God. He begins to reveal things. He begins to unveil things to us about God. In John sixteen eight, when we just looked at it just a second ago, He says the Holy Spirit is going to begin to convict of sin. He's going to begin to give us a whole new view of who God is. A lot of people stay away from a God who doesn't exist. Hello? This is is my favorite answer to, or question to, uh, on occasion I will meet somebody who is a a self-proclaimed atheist. I say, okay, well, Tell me a little bit about the God you don't believe in. You should laugh at that, but I'm telling you, ninety percent of the time they'll give me an answer. Well, I don't believe in this God. I don't believe that God. I don't. You know. Uh, you know. And I said, you know what? Most of the time, I can say, Gosh, I guess that makes me an atheist as well, because I don't believe in that God either. That's not the God that I walk with, that I love, that has relationship that's revealed himself through Jesus Christ by the power of his holy spirit. And so, and so when we begin to unpack that, the holy spirit who's with us. See see Jesus had been with these guys for years. And so they began to they were always seeing things. There were times when the room just changed. The whole temperature changed in the room. They saw him heal people. They saw him defy what was the natural. They saw him living above the natural, which is called the supernatural, okay? How many know that he, he really planned that we would live above the natural? And so the Holy Spirit's awakening. He's wooing. He's, he's drawing He's he's bringing us. He's convicting. He's unveiling. Let me show you what happened to Satan. This one that you're so worried about. He's defeated foe. You know he 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 says, you know there was a guy that uh, I uh, hung out with for about eighteen months, and he was um, he was not not a follower of Jesus, not a believer. And um, we, would, we would have coffee once a week, every, every week. And um, we began talking about things. He said, he said you have an interesting way of looking at things. And I said, well, you know, let's, let's talk. And so we began to talk, and he had some, some me. You know what that resonation is? It's the Holy Spirit with you. It's with you. There's people I talk to all the time. I've talked to people in this very room that uh, are not followers of Jesus or they have friends, they bring them in, whatever, and they go, what was that? There's just this presence in the place, you know? Um, All right, I'll leave that alone. I've got all kinds of thoughts on that, but how many of you have um, been in situations long before you were ever following Jesus, but you just saw things you couldn't, explain, understand, and there was a presence of God that drew you in. That's what I'm talking about. It's that with, and we're all in the journey. And so thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. Provenient grace. Let's talk about the second dimension of relationship with the Holy Spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit in you. Holy Spirit in you. You know, uh, I like what he says over there. We, We read it in John uh, 14, 16, 17, says, the Holy Spirit, li- uh, you know he lives with you and he will be in you. Now, what is that talking about? Let me give you another way Jesus said it. This is over in uh, John 3, 3. Let's take a look at John 3, 3. He says, Jesus replied, very truly I say to you, no one, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. What's Jesus talking about here? What, what in the world is born again? Now, there's all kinds of ideas out there about born again, okay? And uh, born again, one of the things, one of the mark, marks of being born again, I would argue the primary mark of somebody who is born again just according to this verse right here, is what? They can see the kingdom of God. They can perceive the kingdom of God. You know, when you say, when you see that word see, they, he, he says that they, uh, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. What's Jesus saying here? You, it's, it's a couple of ideas. You can't, you can't see it, you'll miss it. You don't have eyes to see unless you're born again. You'll, you'll miss the kingdom of God but you won't perceive it either. You won't perceive what's going on and you won't be able to enter into it. So what does that look like? Christ in you is the awakening of grace. It's awakening grace. It's when the eyes of your heart are enlightened, Paul said, right? Paul. Paul. Uh, Paul Joel, another good prophet name, Joel said just moments ago, he kept talking about having a surrendered heart. See, that's the posture. That's the posture that prepares you to receive what we're talking about here. And he says, when when a person is born again, I'll give you some description of what that looks like. You might go, well, gosh, I think I need to get born again. What happens is everything begins to look brand new, right? God looks different. Relationships look different. (coughs) The scripture looks different to you. It just, wow, I never read that before. I never saw that before. The father looks different. Jesus looks different. The Holy Spirit, all of a sudden they're, they're, wow, I'm in love with them. I'm not afraid of them, right? Okay, maybe just me. New hunger, new thirst for more righteousness, more revelation, you see you hear you know in your spirit see see i think a lot of times there's this idea that you grow into spiritual uh, the ability to be able to hear god can i tell you if you can't hear god you got a problem right you might not know you're hearing god but i promise you he's speaking and i promise you if you're born again, you have antennas. <mumbles> you can hear God. You have capacity to hear God. It might not be developed. Maybe nobody talked to you about it. But you can, it's, you know the exercise we began with? Just, just stop and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. You know? Guess what? He likes that. And he usually says, good morning, Chuck. Good morning, John. Right? Because he desires more than we do, to commune with us, to know us. And so it's a, an awakening grace. It's a, it, it's, you start getting Holy Spirit downloads. You know what the purpose of the church is primarily? Just to stir the pot. Just put another log on the fire. Just encourage you in what you're doing. Remind you who you are and say, keep going. Give you opportunity to express what you're hearing God saying because we need each other, and right? And when I say church, I'm not just talking about the this, this same church. You know, this is, this is a gathering. It's a good thing. But you realize that the church spends most of her time scattered, yeah. right? And so if we don't have good news to share while we're out scattered, we're gonna violate all those things that the Holy Spirit came to do. We won't know about sin. We won't know who God is. We'll have unbelief. We'll walk around in fear and failure all the time. We won't, we'll be afraid of sin. We'll be sin conscious all the time. We won't know who we are. We won't be righteous in this conscious and we will always, we'll spend all our time judging each other. Well, 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 well. But the Holy Spirit wants to change all that and we'll start getting downloads of truth. We'll begin to see the kingdom of God. begin to come fully alive. We're aware, we're awakened, we're alive. So how do you do that? What does that look like? Paul said it like this. He says, he says if you want to experience the grace of God, just understand it's by grace that you're salvaged, saved, healed, delivered, made whole, okay? It's great by grace that you're saved, through faith. It's not anything you did, because you'll boast, right? For by grace you're saved through faith, not of works lest any man should boast, right? So it's, it's, it's us saying your grace is available and I receive your grace. I have a tenderized, sensitive, surrendered heart and I'm saying to you, oh God, I need you. Come, 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 come. If you're here today and you're kind of like going, I don't know, man, If I don't, I don't know that I'm fully alive. It's just as simple of right now just saying, yes, come Lord, I receive you right now. Aliveness come, come alive in Jesus' name. And, and the Holy Spirit's just waiting to say, yes, I'm, I'm here to do that on your behalf. So what does that look like? Look, let's look at the, the next scripture in John 1.12. Jesus says this. I'm just given advantage essentially through the gospel of John about the Holy Spirit today. He says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What's he saying, man? That sounds a whole lot like being born again. You become a child of God. You become born again, you're awakened within. See, here's the deal about receiving. Receiving is not doing, it's not performing. Receiving is humbly surrendering. (coughs) It's surrendering into the reality of what is, and that is Jesus is Lord. And you can say, yeah, 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 Jesus is Lord. But when you get it inside out, when, when the eyes of your heart are enlightened and you surrender your heart to that reality and you go, wow, Jesus is my Lord. He's not just Lord, he's my Lord, okay? It's at that point that the download comes. It's at that point that the spirit comes alive. See, because here's the deal. The spirit of God, when Jesus went to the cross, the scripture says that God was in Christ reconciling the entire cosmos to himself, not counting man's sins against them. The scripture says that God chose us from the very foundations, from the very beginning of, of the world to be his children, to be adopted sons and daughters. I mean, he chose us from the very beginning. Ephesians 1, 4, go, go back and read it. It's, he's saying, I've always wanted a family. I've always wanted my kids here, that they would be, and their eyes would be open. They would see it, they get it, and they would have nothing other they could do than to say, oh God, I need you. This is a great context for that to happen, but you know it can happen just as easy, just talking to people and the Holy Spirit shows up and you go, Whoa, whoa, you feel that? Yes, I do. Okay. You want to you want to surrender to that? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay, great. Okay, great. I, lo- I love what uh I saw an interview with um, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Bell Graham. She she grew up with um her parents were medical missionaries in uh, China. Billy Graham said that, that her daddy was one of the greatest influences in his whole life. And Billy Graham was one of these guys where you need to know the, the hour and the day that you got born again and all that. And they asked, they asked Ruth Graham that question. You like my Billy Graham? He, he said, um, so when did you get born again? She goes, hour, moment, day, second, I don't know. And the reporter kind of got a little flustered, you know. I think he was probably one of these Christian programs, and he's like, oh, no, maybe she's not a Christian, you know. And she said, she said you know, here's the deal. She said, I've never known a time in my life when I didn't love Jesus. She said, I watched my parents love Jesus on the mission field. I watched him serve and care for people and be Jesus to people. She said, so I grew up loving Jesus. She said, now there were mile markers in my life where Holy Spirit kind of took me another level, took me another level, took me another level. She said, but I can't tell you that, that moment. I didn't, I didn't walk down the I she, I'm a Presbyterian. By the way, she never did join a Baptist church, Billy Graham's wife. And, and so she, she said, I never did walk down the Sawdust Trail, never did I, she said, but I love Jesus. We've got to get over these ideas of what something needs to look like, has to look like, because God's not looking at our outward appearance. He's looking at our hearts. He's looking at our hearts. And so so there's an awareness, and then there's awakening. I don't know what your awakening looks like, but you're probably here because you're awakening or awake, okay? I guess we can all be woke today, so that's a good thing. So, so, (laughs) Joel, Joel has a tentative laugh there, I hear. <laughs> All right, I'm, I was going somewhere with this. That word "receives" is interesting. When in, the, in the John 1, 12 passage, because it, it, it's really referring to receiving what's already been deposited in you. It's, it's drawing from what's already been deposited in you. Some of you are going, oh, that sounds radical." Just telling you what it says. Here's the deal. God is waiting for us to be awakened to the reality of who he died for us to be. Sons and daughters. Wouldn't that really be good news to people to say, God's for you, he died for you, he made a way Let's just ask him to come and do what only God can do. Wouldn't that be be a pretty swell way to evangelize people? To carry the presence of God with you? It sounds like kind of what Jesus wanted his guys to do. I love the next verse. Verse 13 says this, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will but born of God, born of the Spirit. That's what he's talking about. We're, that's what we're receiving. So I just declare come alive now in Jesus' name. Yes. Yes. If, you're sit, if you're sitting there and you're going, whoa, come alive now in Jesus' name. Yes. The last dimension I want to talk very, very quickly is the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Just before Pentecost, Jesus said, you, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, to the very ends of the earth. See, there's there's one level of relationship with the Holy Spirit, with grace, that, that makes us aware. There's another one that awakens us, but where God wants us to live is in an empowered state as sons and daughters, yes. as ambassadors of his kingdom. And so there, uh, I'll just read this passage to you real quick here. He says in... in uh, John seven verse thirty seven through thirty nine says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, "Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them." By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him, who, those who believed in him, were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. Can I give you some incredibly good news? We're not waiting for anything. The Holy Spirit has already been given. The Holy Spirit has already been released. He says, what I wanna do, though, is for those of us who've said yes to Jesus and, and, and been awakened in our spirit, he says, I want those rivers of living water that are in you, that, that rivers will flow from within you They're going to flow inside out. You know, when the Spirit of God comes upon us, here's what happens. We receive the Spirit of God. He comes into us for our benefit. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon us in power, he flows out of us for the benefit of the world. And so... For that reason, yes, in Acts 2, there was this baptism of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about. Can I say there's baptisms happening over and over and over and over and we need to receive the power of God to do what he's called us to do. I want you to stand together. And I'm gonna ask our prayer team if you guys would just come on up. Father, we thank you for your presence here with us today. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Holy Spirit, we just receive you fresh and anew today. For those who've never received Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, I pray today you just say, Lord Jesus. I receive your love. I receive all that you've done for me that I can be a son or a daughter of God. There's some here today, you just just need a fresh baptism, fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. you say, come Holy Spirit? Come Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you want to flow like rivers of living water in this place. I just want to invite you. I want to invite you to come. You can stay where you're at and receive, but sometimes it's good to just have somebody to agree with you. Somebody to put a stake in the ground and say, today I'm making a declaration, Jesus. You are Lord. I'm making a declaration. Holy Spirit, I am receiving you wholeheartedly, every part of me fully alive in you. Lord, I I want to be a conduit of your blessing. So Lord, I bless your church. I bless your family today. Lord, we want to encounter grace and carry grace with us in Jesus' name.